The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guy. It's me, really rare, really rare. It's Rob from Virginia here at your service. And uh, he's here. Is is he going to be the Miami killer? Or is he going to be the extender? He has arrived, though, for game four. The mixtape. The mixtape is out. Film is out. He's come out. He's ready to make his mark on the NBA Finals in his NBA Finals debut for 2023. Game for the NBA Finals between Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat. Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, what's going on? Uh, Nothing much. Looking forward to game four. Should be fun. Unfortunately, did lose a play a little while ago in tennis because somebody got hurt. So not exactly a good omen for the rest of the day. But it is what it is. We'll make some of the money back in basketball. Looking forward to game four, though. Should be fun. Scott Foster, though, at this point, I'm just going to ask in the playoffs since you brought it up. Has he really been that great of an extender so far this postseason? Because I feel like his powers are starting to fade a little bit more as the playoffs have gone along. Have you noticed that too? I think that he's he's picked his spots, but you know, there's been moments where everybody had have tried to fade him. I think there was one what was it? Was it game 7 he was the the referee for the Miami Boston and everybody said, "Oh, Miami can't win with Scott Foster." And then they went and won game 7. It might have been. I don't remember if that was a Knicks game or not, uh, but I do know that he was the ref for Game Three against the uh, with the Lakers against the Nuggets, and they still lost Game Three. Yeah, but then when did he come in in that Lakers Warriors series? He came in that Lakers Warriors series and got us. I think it was the one game. Uh, no, I, I think that was the game that the Warriors lost, uh, where Curry missed those shots at the end. No, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was. So yeah, Scott Foster, he's had some spots, but for the most part. I think people were expecting more extending. Let's put it that way. Yeah, very much so. I'm over here and I'm just looking at the website and I didn't realize and we got to um we got to build something for the W. We got we got W reps and we got to figure out who the Scott Foster in the W is for sure. I know it's somebody. I'm going to have to look these. I'm going to have to look these up. We're going to have to try to uh make a WNBA referee report. All right, everyone. If you didn't hear us already on the main show, we are here for game four of the NBA Finals. Game three went to the Denver Nuggets, where they won by 15, 109-94. Two 30-point triple-doubles, a masterclass by Jamal Murray to make sure that he got his triple-double as well. So shout-out to him for that. And... First time NBA history, I I don't know. I I can't think of, you know, a lot of teams that have ever had two people score 30-point triple-doubles. I'm pretty sure they're probably the only one. Maybe a – nah, maybe an old Lakers team. Maybe an old Lakers team somewhere, but I doubt it. Scott, I feel like we talked about game three last time, but I don't think we did it on this platform. 
we did it on the other platform. No, we did it last night on the ma- on the mothership. Yeah, show. so we didn't so we didn't talk about game three. I know your the fact of Miami cooled down from shooting from their shooting. But if we look at all three of these games thus far, am am I right or am I making this up? Nobody scored over 110 points, I don't think. Uh, I, th- did, I think Miami scored 111 in game two. Was that? I think they won 111. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 111. Okay, so 111 has been the mark, though. And if we talked, we said this in the conference finals, we would have been like, no way. So... Is there any thought to just avoid repeating what people probably already caught on the SGP show? Is there any thought in this series in how you're betting the props because we're not seeing these 120, 130, 125, 120 type games in the series thus far? For me, not really. I think the one thing that kind of pivoted a little bit, which I know for game three, I leaned to the over initially. And the more I thought about it, I actually lean more to the under. But, I mean, it really just comes down to Miami shooting. We know Miami's pace has been really slow. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it's been slow. And Denver has kind of reciprocated that. So you've seen a lot of half-court possessions for both teams. And Miami, when they shoot well, they score 100-plus points. When they don't, they don't reach 95. It's, it's really just as simple as that. So I think it comes down to, obviously, Miami shooting-wise, but – the fact that Miami continues to play at the slow pace in the half court has really just killed these totals. Just simply put, Denver defensively has been good. They did a much better job at contesting three-pointers in game three in comparison to game two. But for the sake of the overall takeaways, once again, I think Miami needs to shoot insanely well in order to win games. And they haven't done it in two out of the three games. Now, is that going to happen again? I don't know. But once again, if you think that a team needs to shoot 40 or 45 plus percent from three in order to win games and you don't have Curry or prime Clay Thompson on your team, I'm not going to pick you to win many games. Just simple as that. Denver managed to win by 15 points and only made five three-pointers. They out-rebounded Miami by roughly 25 in game, it wasn't even close. I mean, Joker had 30, 20, and 10, basically. It looked like Miami no-showed the game from an effort perspective, especially in that second half. Denver went on like an immediate 8 nothing run to start the third quarter, and the game was over. But it really just goes back to why I initially had Denver in five. I don't think Miami's that talented. I think that they're a pretty deep team. They have a lot of good shooters who might have been shooting a little bit above their career averages, but still, they don't have an answer for Joker. They don't have any size depth at all because Kevin Love's been okay in a small amount of minutes. He's still playing roughly 15 minutes a game. Cody Zeller's useless, if we're being honest. He's not, you can't use him in the series. Joker's going to kill him every time. I don't think Miami has the manpower, just simply put. Yeah, I don't really care anything about them losing by 15 because Miami pulled their starters earlier than Denver pulled theirs and that played into it a little bit in going in. And I only care about the 15 because Denver scored 109 while only making five three-pointers. That's really the bigger thing that I care about. Yeah, but that's good. Like, that's good. If you're Miami, you're like, all right, we'll take that. We just didn't make our shots. Like, we'll take that. They've held Denver to some pretty good points totals, and we're talking about one of the best offenses in the league. 109 at last game, 
108 the time before that, and then 104. Like they're doing, they're doing good justice on the defensive end, even with Jokic and them going off, they're still not unable to crack 110 points. It's just the fact that sometimes their shooting comes down. We've seen it throughout the playoffs. They can go on these runs and have really, really crazy shooty days. And then there's other times where, hey, it's just not falling for them, but they're not afraid to take it. And I think that's what, uh, where the resiliency comes in this team is that look at what Max Schuess did in game two after game one. Like, he still taking the shots. We went and we saw, you know, a Celtics team that a little afraid to take shots at one point when they weren't falling, you know, then they got in their rhythm and they weren't afraid to take shots, but you know, they kind of shrank a little bit because their shots weren't falling. You see other teams that kind of shrink a little bit because their shots aren't falling. This Miami team. And I think we talked about it last night where we said, Hey, the short turnaround is pretty good for them because they don't care. They, they come back in the gym and it's like, it never happened. Like they're, think, they're ready again, to get back in the gym to prove that they can shoot the lights out. This, yeah, just this to repeat season. that point, because I think it is important. Uh, there was a conversation about Miami being the older team and how the quick turnaround might hurt them. I disagree because they played so badly in game three. I think the quick turnaround actually helps. It kind of reminds me of the Spolstra press conference after game six against Boston, where he basically said, as cliche as it might sound, oh, we want to play right now. Like, we're ready to go. Like we, we don't even want to bother. We're just ready to put it in the rearview mirror and move forward. But once again, the issue that I have, whether it involves three-point variance or not, Denver is consistently getting easier shots. It's just the way it is. They can't stop Joker. He's going to walk into averaging basically 30, 35 points per game in the series. And Miami's tried a bunch of different looks. They've tried zone. They've tried everything. And nothing has worked. So I don't really know what Miami's game plan is supposed to be besides letting Joker continue to go nuts, trying to stop Murray and some of the other guys. But if Joker's going to keep putting up 30, 20, and 10, you're going to lose. Just simply put. And of course, if Murray ends up having another big game, then they're definitely screwed. And I mentioned in the Mothership podcast that if you like Miami, parlay it with Jamal Murray under in points. Because if Murray has 30 points, there's no way Miami's winning, just simply put, because you're going to pencil mm-hmm. Joker in for 30 automatically. That's 60 points right there, and the full game totals around 210. But once again, I had Denver in five in the series, and it's kind of played out similarly to what I thought. I didn't think Denver would lose a home game, but the overall individual games have played out similarly to what I thought would happen. Miami needs superhuman shooting from three in order to win. And Denver can beat you in a variety of ways. Either they hit a bunch of threes, they don't hit a bunch of threes and dominate with on the inside. It's the the rebounding differential was such a concern though in game three. Miami got embarrassed. They got out rebounded by like 25. Now I'm expecting better effort from Miami. But once again, if Joker's actually going to commit to rebounding and he walks into 15 plus rebounds every game in the series, I don't think Miami has a counter for that. I love Spolstra, he's a great coach. But at some point, you're out of moves. And I feel like the main move Spolster has, besides tinkering with the rotations, maybe giving Duncan Robinson more minutes, just praying your undrafted guys hit three-pointers. And I'm not sure that's going to cut it. I don't even think it's praying anymore because, I mean, they hit him for the course of the playoffs. Like, they've been really good for the Sorry, hoping. Playoffs. I'm saying if yeah, they so. don't, though, they have no chance of winning. Do yeah, you agree on that? If my, yeah, if my I agree. below 38% from three... I think they're going to lose every game. 
I agree. But however, they've shown us consistently, 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 consistently that they can hit those threes. Like they can just like they yeah. can get fifty percent from three on a good on a random night. And I'm not saying it's impossible. Used. I'm so, just saying if you tell yeah. me going in, I'm relying on a team to shoot forty percent from three in order to win. I'm usually not going to pick you. Usually. Yeah. That's how yeah. I'm looking at it. You think they're going to bounce back offensively, which makes sense, because once again, uh, we just said if Miami does shoot well from three, they're going to win. I just think they that shoot well offensively. From, I mean, if they shoot really well from three, they can run them out the building. Like, like I don't think we've still seen, you know, an amazing, like, where, you know, in that Celtics series, it seemed like a couple of those games, like, they couldn't miss anything out the gate, like, you know, I and that's where I'm interested, and that's where I'm interested to see is that Miami ever going to show up in this series? Is the Miami that can come in there and they have all the confidence in the world, hit everything in the world, and you know? But let's get to talking about the actual game. But before we do that, got to talk to you about my guys, my company, everybody, the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card, and that is Edge Boost. If you love the NBA Gambling Podcast. If you want to make sure we continue to do the NBA Gambling Podcast, then you'll listen to what I have to say right here because Edge Boost really, really helps us out in terms of the ad sponsoring. And they're a really great pro uh, programming company and opportunity because you can get up to $2,500 in betting advances, which futures, just to increase bankroll. Like you're not using your money, using somebody else's money. You go grow that pay it back, and now look at you. You have a world of options in front of you. And if you're a gardener, you can hedge. You can do that for sure. But there's a whole bunch of different ways to use it. They have 0% interest. You don't have to worry about anybody with a baseball bat trying to hunt you down or anything like that. Edge Boost is a part of a responsible gambling plan. So support us and support Edge Boost. By going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. That is sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Just go sign up. That's all I need. Just go sign up. Must be 21 years or older. Use problem to use problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All righty here. We have game four of the NBA Finals. In Miami, the Miami Heat welcomed the Denver Nuggets. Denver leads the series two to one, opened up as a three-point favorite. Now over to minus three and a half for Denver. Two eleven is the total. Opened up at two eleven. I did see a dip down closer to two ten, but now it's back at two eleven. Consists around all the books, so shop around. Make sure you get the best line. Uh, looks about. 70% of the money, 80% of the bets around there on Denver tonight. Looks like see about 60% of the bets on the over, but 70% of the money on the under. Interesting there. And let's see here for an injury report. I mean, it's the person that everybody is curious, everybody wants to know about, but it doesn't look like he's cleared to play. So we will not see Tyler Hero playing in this game tonight. He is listed out. That was reported by Underdog last night. He's still not cleared to play with that hand injury. So expect to see the same lineup. We'll see if they make some changes. But for the most part, Vincent Strews, Butler, Love, Adelaide. All right. Scott, I will kick it over to you first. How do you see game four going in the NBA Finals? 
I mean, I kind of alluded to it when we were talking about what happened in game three. I'm picking Denver, uh, just simply put. If you're telling me Miami has to shoot 40% from three in order to win, I'm not going to pick you to win. I just think that shooting 40% is extremely difficult. And Miami made it look so easy for the first couple rounds. And we've seen two of the first three games of the series. Making a bunch of threes is a lot harder than you think. And Denver, once again, is getting much easier looks on virtually every possession the other way. I mentioned this in the Mothership show. I mentioned it for about a week or so. I don't know if you think I'm overstating it or not. I still think Butler's injured, just as clear as that. I don't think he looks near 100%. And it looks like even when he's trying to score, then he's not being that involved in facilitating and he's not rebounding. He only had two rebounds, and he played 40 minutes in game in game three. Do you agree with me about the Butler thing? Do you think I'm overreacting to it? Because looking at him actually play on the court – it seems like he's really con- trying to conserve energy a lot in these games. Mm, I don't think he's injured. Uh, well, any more injured than, you know, anybody that's played a full NBA season and now in the NBA finals, like everybody has a little something that's bothering them. But in terms of like his af- effective play, no, I just think that it's the length for Denver and it's really just fucking with him and he's getting pissed off about it. And I'm just waiting for a moment. Yeah, he's done a great like, job on him. But it's not even just like it's not even just Aaron Gordon because when he gets the switch, like you just look and it's always a hand. Like either Michael Porter Jr. is stretching his long ass arm out there, Jokic is stretching his long ass arm out there, Christian Braun comes in, he's stretching his long ass arms out there. Like it's like he's always got somebody or something imputing him, and the only clear open looks that he typically gets are fresh out of a timeout, inbound plays, that something that Eric's supposed to drawn up to get him a good look. And so that's kind of how I've been attacking Jim Butler and looking forward. Like, hey, Spolster, you got you to gotta really, really game plan and get him going because he can't just go out there and improvise anymore because that length is really, really fucking him. So I don't think it's injury. I just think it's Denver has a really good defensive game plan. They had a lot of success in game three. Miami did one of the only things they did right offensively the entire game. Whenever Murray got switched on to Butler, Butler destroyed him. That was was really the main thing they had, uh, which they kept trying to go back to. That was basically it. So if Denver's going to do a better job of maybe pre-switching or trying to get Murray to avoid being matched up on Butler, once again, as you said before, Butler's really not been that efficient in the series. And I expect him to be a, a facilitator in game three because that's what he was in the first two games. And I guess Butler decided to be more aggressive and try to score. It really just feels like either Gordon is, since he's stronger and maybe a little bit quicker, Butler really is having a hard time getting separation off of Gordon. And I do think that might be because also of injury, which I think is still present because he got injured in the Knicks series. He's played through it. But some of the quotes he made before the NBA Finals where they asked him if he was hurt and he basically said nobody cares. I think that's kind of a suggestion that he is hurt, but once again, nobody cares because it's the finals, so mm-hmm. he's going to suck it up and play. I really don't think he's near 100% just watching him play. I do think, though, when you're looking at the injuries on Denver's side, I brought it up on the Mothership show, but I got to bring it up again. Murray did get a bit of a floor burn in Game 3 where part of the skin on his palm is no longer there, and then reports came out where Jamal Murray in an interview with, I think it was Malika Andrews, was talking about how his father put him through, like, pain tolerance drills growing up. You know what I'm talking about? 
No, I did not hear this. It sounded, that like, just child, sounds... it sounded like child abuse. <laughs> that like, didn't sound good. But Murray was talking about it like his father was giving him the lashes, like, like the karate kid, like endurance training type of. Yeah, there were some. I'm trying to remember some of the exact exercises that, if you want to call it that, torture sessions, whatever you want to call it. He said one of them was like him crouching or like being leaned on a wall. And there was like hot teacups on his knees, and he had to keep the same position against the wall for like twenty five minutes. And I'm like, how did your parents like keep possession of you? As I, mean, I don't well, know. He might have did something. He might have got in trouble on that day. He might. They also said because he grew up in I, Canada, I they, they said that he had to go outside in the winter and pick up leaves with his bare hands. I'm like, what the hell is this? But apparently, oh, no. Murray That's- has gone into the ultimate like Karate Kid danger wax on wax off you know type of thing going on and he might not be impacted by the hand injury but based on precedent if you're a shooter and your hands bothering you you're probably not going to shoot as well so i just think that murray under might be worth a look that's pretty much miami's hope is that murray cools off again and it's like game three Jokic goes crazy you limit murray you limit porter jr you limit the other guys and you find a way to win but once again, Miami only won by three despite shooting that well and Denver not shooting that well. And it seemed like everything kind of culminated in a perfect storm there for Miami for game two. I'm still going to be on Denver, but I do want to keep an eye on Murray early in that first quarter because if he misses his first couple shots, I might take a live under. Man, I can't even, like, at this point, I don't talk on, I don't speak on Jamal Murray to the game over, like, I don't even speak on him until the game over. I, I really can't. He just loves trying to embarrass he'll, you. He'll go no, so he'll really go like one for ten in the first half. And then be like a little bit heat up in the third. But that fourth quarter come around and he'll you'll look up, he'll finish with eighteen. You're like, What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so I mean, no, I so I'm still on the Jamal Murray unders. I think that they do lock in on him, give him a lot more attention and say, hey, that's really what the difference was. Like, even was though we didn't have that good of a game, game if we held Jamal easy. Murray to under, you know, ha- to limiting him to a bad game, they probably would have still won game three, despite not hitting their threes. I think Jamal Murray is really that big of an X factor. And I said it in the beginning of the series, Jamal Murray is going to be the X factor. And if he plays well, Denver will win the series. If he doesn't, Miami will win. And I was just banking on him not playing as well uh, and Miami winning. But so I'm on Jamal Murray's under. I think that, you know, a little bit of zigzag with him. He had a really good game, really great game. He's had some good games here. He's been under his points total in two of three still, I believe. Technically two of three. And uh, And now his number's inflated because of what happened in game three. Yeah, so he yeah, that, that game in game three took him right to twenty six. So twenty under twenty six and a half, folks, we still alive. <laughs> still alive. He's at twenty six. But uh yeah, no, I'm I'm fating Murray tonight. And because I'm fating Murray, I'm taking the Miami Heat. I'm going to Miami Heat plus three and a half. I'll take Heat on the money line. And so I I'm assuming you're that, on the under then. Um Because if Murray's gonna I would be play a Denver team total. I would play a Denver team total under. I don't think yeah. I, I don't, because I think Miami can truly, like, we're just talking about them. They can run the score up. Like, those threes can run a score up. And if Denver does what they did from three last game, like, if you just sit here and you go five, 
and you just think that you're going to dominate inside every single time, I mean, I don't know. Yes, it's a lot easier to hit a two than a three, but you can't take away that that three point the three point line is a part of the game now. It's and equal. It's not too many games that you're going to win hitting five threes. Like so Edward didn't even bother. They only took eighteen threes, which is yeah, an insanely so, low amount in today's NBA. So, so that might be I why think it'll be more through, though. But it, they also were playing. You know, they were playing a little bit of house money. Like yeah. they were up a good portion of that game. There was times when Miami made it interesting, but. It wasn't like they were chasing a lead. Now, the start you know, of the third quarter game was over. Yeah, so here I am on the Miami Heat. Think that you know the rim's a little bit larger for them tonight. We'll see, uh, and I just think that the defensive adjustments and making sure that you know you're not getting that contribution from the Brown brothers, I guess they're called now, coming off of the bench, making sure you're not getting adopted you know, brothers. <laughs> the extra contribution from Jamal Murray that he can add, like even if Michael Porter Jr. does wake up and have a good game, you take away, you know, all the other options and Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. are getting you by themselves. So Miami Heat here, plus three and a half on the money line. And give me the uh, – mm, I'm going to take a full like game. Miami I'm going to take really a full game over. over I'm going to really? take a full game over 11-11. But I'm going to take Denver team total under – what's that at? Uh, Should be around 107. Something like that. 107 and a half, give or take. Let's see here. And Mathematically speaking, it's going to be like 107, 107 and a half. Did you have a favorite GameCube game growing up? Oh, Smash Brothers. Easy. Oh, yeah, good choice. Smash Brothers. Easy. Yeah, Denver is at 106.5. So I think it actually might, it probably might have been at 107 when they got that down. Uh, minus 115 to the over, minus 105 to the under, 106.5 for the Denver Nuggets. I mean, that's. I just think that that's how this series is going. We're not seeing a bunch of points. And if I got Miami winning, Denver's probably going to go under uh, that team total. So. Under one six and a half for me. Any what you like on the total? You like Denver, so I guess you're saying over. No, I like the under because no. I, I don't think Miami can score. Just simply put, and even if Miami does shoot better, I do think Miami's going to do a better job on the glass to some degree. You can't get out rebounded by twenty five in back to back games. Mm-hmm. At home. It's not going to happen. So I think Miami's going to do a better job on the glass. And I think because of that, Denver might get less possessions. And even just intensity-wise, Den- uh, Denver really got to their spots easily. Miami looked like they were sleepwalking on defense for half the game. I think with the better effort, Denver might have a couple more dry spells in this game. I'm still picking them to win because Miami's having a hard time of even reaching 100 points. But I am going to go with the under because I do think Miami's defense can only improve after what happened in game three. And Denver's defense has been very solid for most of the series. I'm going to go with the under. I think Miami, once again, it shows better effort, which should result in limiting Denver possessions. And I'll go with the under because, once again, I don't trust Miami to score. And if Denver's not going to go crazy, the game's going to go under. So, All right. Player props, we've mentioned Jamal Murray under. That is one that I'm on because I think that Denver loses the game, and I just can't see how Denver, how Miami wins this game and Jamal Murray goes over. So Jamal Murray under there. Uh, what do you like here? 
Yeah, so I co-signed the Murray play, uh, just to be clear. Uh, my favorite play, though, I mentioned it in the Mothership Show, it's going to be on Butler under 39.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Based on how this series has gone, that number is way too high. Uh, to go through the numbers here, he had 27 in Game 1, he had 34 in Game 2, and he had 34 in Game 3. So he's really not been close to 39.5, and I guess the argument is it's time for a Jimmy Butler showcase game. I still think he's hurt. So once again, whenever he has Murray on him, it's a free bucket. When he has anybody else on him, he struggles. And Butler has been better at shooting threes in this postseason. He's still not known for being an amazing three-point shooter. But if he's going to have a hard time going to the free throw line, and maybe Scott Foster helps a little bit with that, but looking at the actual free throw numbers for Butler in this series, he's gone to the free throw line a total of 11 times in three games. Against Boston, he was headed to the line double-digit times on occasion. Same thing with the Knicks and Bucks series. But if he's going to only go to the line roughly five or six times, that's a lot of jump shots that he's got to make. And I still think he's banged up. So I'm going to be on Butler under 39.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Even if he scores 30, there's no guarantee he's going to get the assists or rebounds. He's had six total rebounds in each of, in the, the last two games combined. So I like taking Butler under here. Then again, I think it's correlated because I like Denver to win the game. So give me, Den- uh, give me Denver to win, as I said before, which is going to involve Butler having a decent game, but not good enough to carry Miami to a win. I think Butler finishes somewhere around like 28-5-3, something like that. So I'll mm-hmm. go with the under. I just think 39 and a half is too high. All right. I am going to give you a Miami Heat player. Bam. Should be – No. I was joking because I know you. I know you can't. Anyway. <laughs> what? No, I don't even know why you even. I would take the over on Bam, but you can't. Yeah, so. I mean, I I can't. I literally can't because if I do, he's gonna have a bad game, and I don't think anybody needs that right now. So uh, I'm I'm not gonna do that. But gave Vincent over two and a half threes, plus one hundred eight. I mean, when Gabe Vincent after. He finished, you know, dealing with his, I think it was an ankle injury in that next series. Really, really good. Extremely, extremely good. When he's had a, bounce, uh, a bad game, he's been able to bounce back and bounce back in a big way. He had a good first two games of this series. Bad game coming back at home. I don't think he has another bad game at home. I think that he realizes he's not afraid, just like this Miami Heat team of taking those shots and living and dying by the three. So I think he's still going to put up the attempts and he's going to be able to go out there and score. I think his points prop is at 14 and a half, maybe. But I, I think I wanted to take the threes at plus money because if he gets to that 13 and a half, 13 and a half plus 102, uh, minus 130 on the under, if he gets over that total, I think he hits the threes. So I'll take the two and a half threes. Yeah, well, looking at Miami in game three, you, uh, Vincent and Struess combined to go three for 17 from the floor and two of 10 from three. One of them is going to do something in this game. You just have to pick which one. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Assist prop. If I do bet Bam, it would be his assist prop. He does pretty good facilitating, and the fact that now he's drawing all this attention that he, it makes it easier to get those three point shooters wide open. Like Miami is what they, you could say a lot about Miami, 
they are not struggling to get quality three-point looks, guys. Like, and that's the ultimately the 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 part of it. Like, they're really not struggling to get quality three-point looks. They're just not hitting them. Like, they're missing wide open shots, but they're getting open looks. Bam is helping with that with his penetration. Jimmy is going to require you know a lot of attention regardless. So he's he's able to get to the three-point shooters. You're just looking for those guys to help to help out and score. Uh, another under that I am on is I'm on Aaron Gordon. And I'll take Aaron Gordon under 12 and a half. Was it 13 and a half? Yeah, it was 13 and a half last night, pretty sure. I think it was 12 and a half last night because he had 12, so I thought the line would be the same. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So let's throw it out. You're right. All right, I still like 12 and a half. And it's really a couple of things. One, with Kevin Love going into the starting lineup, it's been a lot harder for him. He can't just drive any type of way that he wants on Kevin Love because Kevin Love knows how to get in position and draw a charge. Like I think he leads the league in charges. So he knows how to draw a charge. And Aaron Gordon has been on the receiving end of those charges. And now you look at it, he's like, all right, like it's just a little bit more cautious of I'm trying not to get any additional fouls to what I'm getting on the defensive end because he's going up against Jimmy Butler. And it takes a lot of energy on the defensive end to guard Jimmy Butler for the majority of the game. He plays all basically all of the Butler minutes, to be honest. And so while he's the Butler stopper, quote unquote. Yeah. So while that helps his rebounds, because they constantly put his rebound prop too low for the amount of minutes that he has to play. Like it's Mm -hmm. at six and a half now. And I think it was at five and a half for the most part. Danny at ten. Yeah. Like he He's gets the rebounds because he's on the court. So I still like his over rebounds, but I'm taking his under on points because I think he exerts all his energy on the defensive end. I think that offensively it's not as easy as game one. They saw him go off in that first quarter and they said never again. And I think he hasn't had an extremely, extremely productive quarter since the first quarter of game one. And so under 12 and a half, I think it's still a really good bet. That's the guy that I'm just going to continue to fade. Yeah, I definitely think it makes sense. Uh, But for me, I do think if I'm going to be looking at another player I like an under on that you didn't mention before, it's kind of an underreported injury because it was a fluke situation. I like Kyle Kyle Lowry under at eight and a half. He played 30 minutes in game three. He only he scored nine points on three on a four of eight shooting, but he also took a spill on a wet spot with a couple minutes to go. And he was noticeably grimacing for the final couple minutes of regulation before eventually he got pulled when the game was over. I know he's gone over this number in each of the first three games, but I do think that's kind of telling. He's at 9, 9, and 11. The number is at 8.5. And and there's juice to the under. I think it's pretty telling to me. But once again, Lowry really did not look comfortable after basically doing the split with four minutes to go in regulation. Keep an eye on that one because he played 30 mm-hmm. minutes last game. I want to see how he looks because that injury that he suffered there, I know it was a split. It was a fluky thing, but still that hurts, especially mm-hmm. when you're a guy of Lowry's age. I mean, Lowry's 37. That's not exactly the easiest thing to do. I like, I like a Lowry under here. I think that he might be banged up and nobody's talking about it. I have one more player I want to talk about before we get into locking dog, but before we do that, got to talk about Underdog Fantasy because Best Ball Mania 4 is here. Underdog is giving away $15 million in prizes. And look, 
you can do player prop parlays with the NBA, WNBA. I'm going to have WNBA player prop parlays going on. It's a five-game slate in the WNBA. NHL, MLB, put all of that together, make you a crazy, excuse me, crazy player prop parlay over at Underdog Fantasy. Super, super good friends of the network. And if you're a first-time user, go use promo code SGPN. Get 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's 100% deposit bonus up to $100. UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right. I've actually stayed away from this player for the entire finals. I haven't well, I want to ask you play. first, by the way. Did you, you you saw the Lowry spill there, right? Yeah, but I, I didn't just... Um, he wasn't grimacing really, for a while yeah, after that. Yeah, he was. And I, I don't know. I mean... I don't see anything about it on the injury report. And, you know, they don't have to list. And, like, if he's a full go, he's a full go. But it could still be nagging him. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I just found the line fascinating. It was juiced to the under, and he's gone over and over again. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Anyway, but sorry. What was the player you were going to talk about? Somebody I'm interested in. Because if Kyle Lowry is compromised, and it seems like they have gotten to the point where they don't care to guard him anymore. Caleb Martin is at nine and a half plus 100. It seems like he's falling back into that realm where, hey, Caleb Martin's on the floor, guys. Okay. And when people get into that mindset is when Caleb Martin has a lot of good production. I like Martin in this game. He was good last game. Yeah, four for nine, two for five from three. 10 points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals. I, I I think Caleb Martin, especially with no hero again, and we talk about the forms of trying to find offense, and they say, hey, we gave him a break first two games of these series. Played 32 minutes that last game. That's very good yep. to note. He played 32 minutes that last game. So... Could could some of that have been because, you know, they pulled the starters, things started to get a little out of hand? Possibly. But watch out for Caleb Martin over nine and a half and plus money. I think, I think Martin it. has to play more. Uh, because we mentioned it earlier in passing, but the rebounding differential was so large. Mm-hmm. And Martin was such a good rebounder in that Boston series. I think he has to play more. Somebody's gonna have to rebound the ball for this team besides Bam. And especially, like, if you get in the non-Jokic minutes. Like, if he goes out there in the non-Jokic minutes, like, he can he can go out there and help out and really – maybe his maybe rebounds prop is – let's see. It's in three, at the rim. I mean, I feel like most of his points came in one burst in game yeah. three. But at least he was effective in some capacity compared to most of the team. Martin has been kind of an afterthought in the series, but we know how good he was in that Eastern Conference final series. But the point is – I do think, once again, with Miami getting killed on the boards and then being undersized in general, Martin might have to play more minutes because they need somebody, anybody that has shown, even at times, he can rebound the basketball. And Martin can give you a very good rebounding game if needed, which might automatically give him more playing time. Four and a half, plus 108. Rebounds, four and a half, plus 108. Got five. He's only done it in one of three games, but... He had three in last game. If they put more of an emphasis on it, I couldn't see him getting the five, six, maybe even more. Maybe this is the Martin double double game. If he plays thirty something minutes, and that's worth it. Yeah, this could be the this could be the Martin double double game that really 
pushes it over. I mean, it's kind of similar to your Gordon play where it's the same idea. I know Gordon's bigger, but the argument is if he's going to play 30 plus minutes and you're setting the rebounding number too low, I'm going to take it for volume. And yeah. once again, Martin's going to get the minutes, or at least he should. I know on the Mothership show, you said you also liked uh, a certain shooter from Miami. You're, you still high on him or no? Oh, Robinson? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like Robinson coming off the bench. Oh, my phone just died. Uh, yeah, I like Robinson coming off the bench. And I think that, you know, he's just always been that easy go-to, oh, we're going on a scoring drought. Where you know these guys aren't hitting threes. All right, Duncan, go get out there, fella. Even in game Robinson three, goes. he did nothing the entire game. They brought him in in garbage time, and he hits two separate thirty-two footers. Yeah, like, all right. right. That's what like, that's what he does. Like when they yeah. go on a scoring drive, they're just like, all right, Duncan, get out there and go give us a couple of quick six points. And he's like, all right, coach. And he gets in the corner, gets wide open, and he cashes one. And it's just like, I mean. It was like one of those where it was such a hierarchy shot. And I'm like, oh, this is going in. And it does. So, yeah, I'm going to take Duncan Robson because I think, you know, if the Heat get in trouble, he's a very, very good safety net for them. And maybe that's what he's getting paid for. He's just getting paid to be a safety net. But he's a very good safety net to come in. You better in get paid for hit. something. It's an expensive yeah. safety net. Very much so. So. I do still like Duncan Robinson. I think he'll have a pretty solid game. I think I have to as well because if Miami's going to live and die by the three and he's your best three-point shooter, you're going to have to try to get him on the floor somehow. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he hasn't, like, been a complete liability on defense. Like, I think that's what's been making it easy. Like, uh, you know, he has not just let people blown by him. Just like Michael Porter Jr. in some instances, he's terrible. But he's also stepped up like Mike Porter has as well. So, all right, let's move on over to the lock and dog portion of the show. Scott, that's also really you. Yeah, so even though I do think Denver's going to win, I also did not mention I still like Joker over in points. It's at 30 and a half. I don't really care. I, I don't think Miami can guard him. So I think Joker over in points makes sense too. But you know what? I'm going to take a fun prop here. I'm going to trust what my eyes saw, and that involved an injured role player for Miami, and I'm going to take the under. The last time I took this player, he had 30 points in the play-in game. So give me Kyle Lowry under nine, uh, under 8.5 points here at around minus 1, what was the line, 128, I think, is what I, I saw. I can't wait till my phone comes back on to take Kyle Lowry for 15 plus. Oh, you can. You can if you want to, but once again, my instincts. From what I saw, he played 30 minutes, he scored nine points, but he really did not look comfortable in the last couple of minutes of regulation there. He's 37 mm-hmm. in general, and the fact that he's gone over in every game, and yet the prop is juiced to the under by a decent margin, I might add, at eight and a half, is kind of telling to me. Maybe Lowry plays less, maybe he's just not effective. The point is, he does seem to be forced into hitting a bunch of long-distance three-pointers, and those are most of his shots in the series. He really hasn't had any plays drawn up for him. He hasn't gone to the rim. It's just three-pointers from the parking lot, and some of them have gone in. But with him being injured, I think this prop's a little bit high. I'm going to go with under eight and a half points on Kyle Lowry as my lock. And for your dog. Yeah, so for my dog on the show... I'm just quickly looking to see if I could find any alternative uh, prop or something. I see Vincent at 15 plus, which I don't mind. 
It's at plus 140. I feel like there's a bit of an overreaction there because Vincent was that good in the first two games of the series. But I'm going to go back to all reliable here, the play that I actually won with in game three. I'm going to go with a player performance boost. Uh, or I'm, I'm going to go with, sorry, a player performance double. I'm going to take uh, Jokic 30 plus points and Denver to win at plus 156. Okay. And all right. So for my lock, I am going with. Hmm. I know what your dog's going to be. So just, you know. Do you really? Because I don't even know what my dog is. I think you're just going to take the money one. I don't even know what my lock is. Is he money line? It's not even juicy enough. It's like what? Plus 130? You on alt spread? You on insane like, three point mode? You take the heat yeah. minus like three or four? Yeah, like I need I need something more than just plus one thirty six. But Gordon, for, we fade each other's player props. Mm, mm, Duncan mm. Duncan threes. I am going to take for my lot. I took Jimmy last time. Well, I didn't take him because I wasn't on the show. But I played Jimmy, and Jimmy hit for me. You going Denver team total under? You think Miami's Um, defense shows up? Does Jamal Murray really, like, come on, that's a 30-point. That might be the one. Yeah, that might be the one. Like, he had a 30-point triple-double. Like, do you really just come in a meet? But the thing is, they didn't move his line back up. Like, if they had put him, if they moved him up to 26-and-a-half, 27-and-a-half, I would have slammed the under. And maybe they did, and I just missed it. And everybody already slammed it before I got to it. And I still don't care about the pain training, personally. If your hand's messed up and you're a shooter, that's going to impact you one way or another. Yeah, man. All right. We're going unders for the locks today. Give me Jamal Murray, under 25 and a half. That is my lock. For my dog. Okay. It's 25 and a half now? I thought it was 26 and a half last night. Yeah, it's 25 and a half. Okay. Uh, I could be getting worse. Or, or it might have been 25 and a half. I think, um, no, yeah. No, because he took under 23 and a half. Yeah, so it was 25 and a half last night. Yeah. Sure. All right, so let's see here. Because I'm sticking with Miami. So Miami money line. Um, Butler. What you, you had a, you did a double. A I did a double. double. You, you can do the okay. same thing. You can take like yeah. Butler 25 plus Miami win or something like that. Okay. So let's, I can, I can read off some of the prices if you have an idea. I got it right here. I will take, do I just trust? Yeah. I, I mean, you, you trust, where does he get a double double? Every, nobody's talking about his assist today, and his assist probably would have did everything everybody thought they they would have did if they hit Miami was hitting their shots. Yeah, I saw Butler at zero assists in the first half, and I just got visibly annoyed. That's kind of how that went. I think he finished with four in the game. Yeah, let's go. All right, I'm torn. Double double. Uh, double double is plus five twenty. Assist eight assists is plus four fifty. And that's with Miami winning, to be clear. Yes, it is with Miami winning. And 30 plus is plus 330. He can still have a really good game and get like 28. So let's go with the eight assists. 
Because I think that's and then that saves me from a bad beat of him having nine assists and then me literally yeah. wanting to punch everybody in the face. So Jimmy Butler, eight assists. Nobody talked about his everybody was talking about his assists last game. Nobody's talking about it. I now. was. It backfired yeah. in my face. And nobody's talking about him now, which just tells me that it's gonna hit. So Jimmy Butler, eight plus assists, Miami to win, plus four fifty. And if you don't trust either one of us to be right about the game, just take the problem. All right, Scott, anything else for the people before we get up out of here? Not really. Looking forward to game four. Should be fun. Uh, besides that, I'll have another tennis podcast later tonight for the women's final in the French Open. Pretty busy weekend for me for actual podcasting. I'll be at the Belmont tomorrow, so if anybody else is there, hit me up. Maybe we can grab a drink. Uh, but besides that, though, yeah, find me on Twitter at Rush Show Radio. All right. Other than that, I have to tell you, to go ahead and follow at SGPN NBA. You can follow me at really well underscore underscore. Make sure you follow us. It's 30 people in there. I should when I go back and look at the YouTube, it should be 30 likes. Make sure you follow on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff on YouTube at NBA Gambling Podcast. And enjoy yourselves. Have a good time. Make sure you go tap into Edge Boost Sports Gambling Podcast.com slash edge. But I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of any podcast, just ending like this. We are out of here. Basketball, get it, get it, get the ball because I'm going.